Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive, and break down a season of television each and every week. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damas Leary. And today we'll be discussing The Sopranos Season 1. And to do that, we are joined by none other than my little brother, Liam Gordis. How you doing, bro? Good bro. <laughs> Welcome Aww. back. When can uh, I have a back. brother on? You can have a brother on. No, I don't want my brothers on. Uh, oh. <laughs> you've been on before. You I did. Have. You and I did when Damask was uh, traveling the globe. We well, specifically Japan. Specifically yes. Japan. Mm-hmm. Places that weren't here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you came on and did. Please like me. Please like me. Mm. All three seasons, four seasons. I can't remember how many seasons. Of Please like me. There are four. Four all seasons. The, all also, the seasons. we did Breaking Bad. The oh last, yeah, the last you were on the last, last episode of Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad well. Very cool. So uh, it's been a little while because that's ages ago. As yeah, two houses, two houses ago. <laughs> What's news with you, man? Anything exciting that's happening uh, in just, between? Just living, living, living life to the mm. f- to the Brian fullest night. Mm. <laughs> no, I enjoyed that. Trying, oh, trying to reference. <laughs> Very <laughs> yes, good. <laughs> Listening to this podcast, clearly. Uh-huh. Obviously. <laughs> uh, how are you doing, Damask? Look, I'm all right. You're all right. Yeah. A little hungover today, but I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. Should we discuss your amazing birthday party that you had last week? Sure. Let's talk about it. It was a TV-themed party and it was awesome. It was a TV-themed party. (laughs) Uh, Decorated the house in all sorts of recognisable TV. You showed up like... 10 hours late, Brod. How are you? That's, how, that's, how, that's, you have no authority to talk about That's it. usual for me. That's I, was one of the, I was a second guest. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, came right through in his gorgeous hopper from Stranger Things Thank you very costume. Much. Yeah, very nice. Great job. Great job. Also, Damask, you dressed as Leslie Nope in her... Pawnee goddesses. <laughs> goddesses. So good. Scoutish, whatever yeah. you want to call that outfit. Took me way too long to make that. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix made a real big... Um, presence of that party. Oh, it did. There was yeah. Stranger mm. Things... Zoya, Eye, Glow, Russian Doll. Absolutely. There was there was a lot of Russian Doll. There were two, two Nadias. Two Nadias, which I like because different timelines. Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, two Nadias. Yeah, two we two, had a two Zoya Jonathans. the Destroyer. There two were two jo- Jonathans. Jonathans from Queer Eye. We had some Game of Thrones <laughs> yeah, in their true. costumes. The uh, the lights and letters set up from Stranger Things mm-hmm. on the wall. Yeah. Buffy. The couple of Scooby-Doo, uh, like actual Scooby gang. Um, oh, yeah, the Scooby gang But they didn't even there. know they were coming... They they showed up and like oh it's yeah. <laughs> Shaggy and Scooby Different. and Velma. I was like, oh hey yeah. what's up? It was it was quite so, nice to have Scooby yeah. Gang hanging uh, out I mean, in the bronze. Princess Caroline costume was very oh, good that's as well. Oh, great. That was yeah, my friend Abby impressive. got that made. It was amazing. <laughs> and I came as Tenzin from uh, the Legend of Korra, which oh, I was, which is very good, which was a lot of fun. Yes, you looked wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. It was extremely fun doing the tattoos, like doing the arrow yeah. on the head. I was like, this is cool. I still got to um, get everyone's green screen. 
photos yes. done. Oh, thank you, by the way. Yes, oh, uh, for my welcome. birthday, <laughs> Damas gave me that photo, the green screened into mm. Stranger Things. Yeah, because obviously, Incredible. like everyone's going to come in costumes because I demanded it. So, so <laughs> De- I, I demanded. So I wanted photos of everyone in front of a green screen so I could do. Whatever I want. I want you to make like an Avengers <laughs> style poster. Well, that that's the plan. Is amazing. some sort of like crossover, the ultimate crossover the TV ultimate poster. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into it. Off topic, hot topic. That's whatever you were talking about for you. Off Topic Hot Topic is our news and views segment. We get to talk about the headlines of the TV world and discuss the stuff we've been watching that isn't this week's season of television. If you'd like to contribute a topic or story to Off Topic Hot Topic, you can do so by emailing us at contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com, tweeting us at huntingscast, or messaging us on Instagram at huntingseasonspodcast. Uh, No news in fuller today. However, I do have a new segment that I want to introduce Mm. called... Called Better Watch Saul. So, this email comes from Emily from Kentucky. And she says, Damask, watch Better Call Saul! Exclamation <laughs> mark. It is an amazing character evolution. I wouldn't have wanted to watch a one-hour show about Saul Goodman either. But since this is really about Jim McGill, it's so good. You absolutely don't want this guy to become Saul. It's such an interesting exercise in filmmaking too, because the audience's knowledge is a huge factor. Like, we know that these major characters aren't seen or mentioned in the Breaking Bad era. What happens? Are they doomed? They use what we know to tease. You can definitely approach it from the perspective of, I want to see from the writers, I want to see how the writers do these things instead of, I want to know more about these characters if you must. Now, this is going to become a regular segment when there's nothing for better call, nothing from Brian Fuller because there are many reasons that you should watch okay. <laughs> being suggested mm. that you should watch Better Watch Saw or Better Call Saw. Okay, I didn't realise it was a thing that I'd unequivocally say that I wasn't going yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. But now that I've been asked, I definitely won't. <laughs> can, we, uh, can we make a segment called Better Watch The Office, bro? <laughs> you could. Yeah. How long have we been trying to get you to do that? Mm. You're welcome to. I'm uh, going to email in. <laughs> Liam from Kentucky. Please. Hey, if you want to do that, you can contact us. Uh, some headlines. Rest in peace, Richard Erdman, Communities Leonard, who died in the last couple of weeks since I we... Will remember you. Sad day. It is a sad day. Mm. If everyone remembers Leonard from uh, Community, he would shut up, Leonard, the old gentleman who uh, amazing pizza reviews, pizza yes, frozen mm. pizza frozen reviews, pizza incredible reviews. YouTube channel. Yeah. Everyone should check those out. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I probably forgot about that. You're talking about it. That's a point. <laughs> Uh, great little part of our community there. Mm. Uh, Disney reinstates. This is the biggest news that's happened in the last couple of weeks. Oh. Weeks. Disney reinstates director James Gunn for Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooh. We talked about this at length when it happened, when he was fired, how disappointed we were, how mm. the injustice of it all. What are our feelings now that he has been brought back on to direct Guardians 3? I mean, I think I stopped caring quite a while ago. Did you? I didn't. I mean... It's, yeah, I've just I've got bigger problems than whether James Gunn is uh, As, doing Guardians. Am I happy about it? Of course I am. Yeah. But I, I legitimately wasn't in my mind. As happy as I am about it, what a waste of time. <laughs> sure, yeah. It yeah. sucks that it, it cost like eight months or whatever it was since it happened. But we're getting... Did, oh, the trailer today I watched for the James Gunn produced uh, Brian Gunn and the other brother Gunn written um, film. Uh, it's called... I can't remember what it's called, Bright Boy or something. But okay. it's like, imagine if if Superman, like, you know how he comes to Earth, the alien, right? Yep. 
um, like the family. It starts like like Superman starts. Oh, right? I have Clark, watched that right? trailer. Right? Imagine Looks if fucking he's cool. Just did instead of helping everybody, he just became his super villain. If he was like, like Damien from yeah, like the Omen, the Omen, yeah, the Omen mixed but with Superman. Super, Superman. Oh, that's so he cool. comes to Earth, right? Yeah, lands like an alien. This this couple bring him in as their child. Yeah, and he grew up in this small like Kansas mm-hmm. town or whatever. But evil Superman. Yeah, but he's like evil, a sociopath. He's like, he's like a fourteen-year-old in the in the movie. That's mm. cool. And yeah. he's around killing people. Yeah, it looks awesome. It looks <laughs> I'm quite with excited. Laser, laser eyes and stuff like that. Yep. The mm-hmm. Superman powers yep. thing. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Very fast. Um, yeah, it's like bright something. I should probably. Sorry, I can't. Terrible research. We are immaculate with our research. Imagine seasons, Liam. One of the best things about this is that you could cut the part out where I Google it. Oh, I could not. No, we're leaving it in. Um, I gotta tell you, I was really, really quite. Brightburn. Brightburn. <laughs> <laughs> I was quite, like, I was really lifted by the James Bond gun being reinstated thing just because it felt like we've had all these little losses. It seems to be like the good guys kept losing over and over and over again. Horrible, horrible, horrible things. And, uh, like, context of the world, absolutely. Like, it's so unimportant, the idea of, like, who the fuck is directing a Guardians film. Mm. But the way that it happened, this sort of, like, he was targeted because he was. He was outspoken against Trump. He was targeted by alt-right dickheads and had his career affected by it and all these sorts of good things that were happening were being affected by it. And so, to get a little victory like that meant a lot at the time. It just felt like fucking the good guys won finally. I mean, or did justice I was served. laugh maniacally when I read it? Of course they did. Yeah. It's the same thing when like Captain Marvel did really well. You're like, Those things are nice, but... Uh... Yeah, I don't really. I care. think I think the the way they timed it was pretty well, good too. They they left it for a while. No one really spoken yeah. about it. Then they then um Warner Brothers said, "Oh, we're going to get him to make the Suicide Squad." And Disney's like, "Well, we're going to need him back." So you have something to say about that? Because yeah, everyone was on board with him playing, doing Suicide Squad. So yeah. this is the I I won't go into the full article, but if you do want to get a good sort of read up on this, uh, Mike Fleming Jr. at Deadline has a really good article. I'll leave it in the show notes about sort of how the whole process happened, and it appears like he was probably brought back on or was never really fired, mm. like not officially internally. There were meetings at the time, meeting with um, Iger, Bob Iger, I think it is, the head of Disney, all those sorts of things. And the decision was made pretty early on that he wasn't going anywhere, but they did have to wait sort of an appropriate amount of time to save face. Yeah. And so in that time, he was able to go and start doing the Suicide Squad movie. As you said, times the announcement really well to sort of say, well, you've had no problems with him doing this yeah. DC movie. Guess he's back for Guardian sort of thing. Well, he was he's an executive pretty producer well on Endgame handled. as well. Uh, yeah, I'm so, saying, like, hey, I think a lot of people are because they're involved in those those different um, superheroes things within Marvel. So it's not a big deal. Executive producer can mean so many different things. It just means that he helped write some of the characters at some stage or something. Which he did. Which he did, exactly right. Especially we know with um, well, the previous one. But anyway, that very exciting news. Uh, American Gods names Charles Schick. Egli, E-G-L-E-E, showrunner, and gets a season three renewal. Now, this is news I care about. (laughs) I'm joking. Who is watching American Gods? Though you did say you watched the first episode, Liam. Yeah, I watched the first episode of the second season. Mm -hmm. I was The first season, I was a little bit eh about. I thought it had good moments, um, and I never read the... uh, Was it a book? Yeah. Yeah. Never read the book or anything, so... Um, there was there were yeah interesting things about it. And then this, the first I, went, I watched the first episode of the new season, and I was like, oh, this is it feels like the production values has gone up. Mm, mm. Excellent. Um, there was some really interesting stuff. I'm, you know, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Emily Browning mm. as mm, mm, mm. Um, his wife. <laughs> I can't remember her name. Laura um, Moon. 
Sorry, Laura Moon. Laura Moon, that's right. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Shadow Moon's his name. <laughs> that character in general is just the worst. Nothing. Yeah, that's the point, though, right? It's, it's Apparently, just... um, but yeah, I want the like... TV show to prove that there's a point to that to me, but I haven't um, got there yet. Um, and but I like I like where it's sort of going in terms of like the war is going to come now and all that kind of mm. stuff. Do you um, see? It feels like it's got some momentum. It feels definitely like... has some momentum. Like there's stuff happening. Like the end of that episode is pretty intense by what happens and yeah, the the events. Okay. Um, and Crispin Glover is a seems like a pretty crazy bad guy. So I love Crispin Glover. Oh yes, he does such a good bad guy face. Mm. He does, yes, because mm. he was creepy thin man as well. Yes, that's um, how I'll always remember him. And and uh, I I'm, I won't, but yeah, um, <laughs> he's the dad from Back to the Future, yeah, Future yeah, for me. Meme <laughs> is Back to the Future obsessed for anyone who's listening. Mm. He's got a hoverboard. He's like, got a, every time I go to his poster. house, I really want to steal that hoverboard. <laughs> he, a guy came to pick now up I know where it's the going. other day. <laughs> a guy came to pick up, we were selling furniture on like online, like Gumtree sort of thing right. the other day. And his one comment the whole time he was there was like, cool hoverboard. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, every time I move house, that gets moved. And I was like, this is the most amazing yeah. thing. Don't dare it touch is. it. Uh, the reason I bring up this news is mainly just because, A, since American Gods go to season two, and there seem to be so many production problems based on what was reported on here and online. It seemed unlikely that season three was a sure thing. It's season- pretty shocking. I was so- shocked when you told me. So season two barely started. And like, oh yeah, season three. It's like, oh, a new showrunner again? Okay. It just... The story yeah, around how this show though, is right? being made is a bit crazy. It's been yeah. insane. Um, do we know anything about this new showrunner? Do we know? Uh, so, Eggly's credits include Hemlock Grove, The Walking Dead, Dexter, and The Shield. Um, and apparently, Gaiman is thrilled to be working with him. He's really happy with the work they're putting into season three already. But Gaiman's going to say that because yeah, well, else is he going to say? <laughs> so, no is the answer. I don't know a whole the lot beyond that. shows have got bad towards the end. Mm. Uh, <laughs> well, Dexter. Yeah, The Walking Dead doesn't do much for me these days. Dexter certainly fell away. It depends on what era of Dexter he was doing. Like, yeah, was he doing early era or was he doing the second era? Because I feel I like know. it would definitely be the second. I don't know. I did the same amount of research you did about James Gunn's movie. So, Brightburn. <laughs> That's the one. Uh, Stranger Things released its season three trailer. Mm-hmm. And we know now that it's coming on July 4th. So, keeping with the um, the American holiday theme, they have the Halloween release for season two. Ooh. July 4th. Uh, 4th of July Smart. for this one. How do we feel about this new trailer? Damascus, have you watched it? I did. <laughs> Just then. Literally Just a second then. ago. I listened to it. It was great. Oh, good. Um, yeah, I, I hope it's good is my thing. I... I'm looking forward to it, but I'm worried that I'm not going to enjoy it. But I hope, I hope. And also, the trailer was fun. I, yeah, it's a good trailer. trailer. Really Season fun. two trailer was excellent as well. Yeah. I remember when they were doing that to Thriller, which is problematic now. But the uh, that was a great trailer. Problematic now. <laughs> um, <laughs> like it's news. Yeah, and he's a pedophile. Um, yeah, <laughs> people are making changes. Apparently, his music's being banned from anyway. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's a cool trailer. It looks different. Like more. Colourful. It's not... I felt like season two lent too much into the aesthetic of season one. This feels like it's doing its own thing. Yeah, it's like it's, fresh new take. Yeah, yeah, it's got that, like I said, John Hughes mm. uh, team movie vibe, which I yeah. really like. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, using the who in the trailer. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Best song ever. I wish written. we didn't see the beastie, though. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if, this, if that's the beast. Oh, I'm sure it's not, but just like that much. It's, they're not scary when you really, really see them. Yeah, I agree. Guess. Yeah. The um, 
the story, I wonder, we had some predictions about season three, which if you're interested in, go and listen to our season, Strange Things season two podcast. Um, some of that seems quite possible about who might, what the storyline might involve. Mm. I don't know if you remember that stuff. No, of course yep. I don't. Anyway, Car- Carrie Yule's is in this season. Who? Who? Um, uh, Robin Hood Men Tights. Uh, oh, oh, right. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, I love him. He's the bride. Like, mayor he plays the mayor. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is, I mean, which is another, you know, 80s type thing or 70s like, like the Jaws. Yeah. 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 Also, Robin Hood Men in Tights, still hilarious. Oh, yeah. I recently watched it. I'm like, yeah, you know what? No Obviously- noose is good noose. <laughs> <laughs> the best line. Fucking great movie. Anyway. <laughs> uh, the other thing, you said this as you were watching it. I think you just whispered. Lesbians uh, <laughs> in that trailer. That's, I whisper that during all trailers. <laughs> there's any, two women, two women anywhere near each other. The amount of time I've had Tobias come up behind me and just go, lesbians? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I was thinking that too. <laughs> uh, but so you, because you're talking about the Max 11 sort of shots yeah. that seem to be in this. It's just because they were in a scene together and they were both wearing like flannel shirts. So sure. I naturally thought. That they had become lesbians. Well, there has been a bit of discussion online about not necessarily whether they might be gay, though that's not off the table, obviously. But a Max seemed like a superfluous character last Ugh. season. Yeah, but the, the idea that they you talk about this a lot, Damask. You like to see female friendships in you know your when they TV scissor each other. Yes, I do. <laughs> no, I do. It's nice. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I thought that was a cool way to take Eleven to mm-hmm. make Max important as well. Give them a friendship, something to sort of focus on, and yeah, I just th- I thought that looked really promising based on the trailer. Yeah, stuff no, I because I, I remember yeah when we were talking about season two, I was disappointed that they yeah brought in another female character at the same age as Eleven. And they had no nope. contact at all. I mean, there was only, a more jealousy than anything. There was. There was a yeah. bit with like, well, yeah, that's there what, like, was there wasn't a re- real relationship there. In at fact, all, Max so. really was just there to be a sort of wedge between some yeah, of the boys. And that was a plot point. Yeah. yeah, and for Eleven to have like a moment of jealousy and be like, "Oh, he's mine." Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, Deadwood the movie will be released on HBO on May thirty first, a little bit sooner than I was expecting. So I'm not sure when to get going to get through Deadwood before then. Unfortunately, might have to wait until later in the year. Is there much of it? There's three seasons. Oh, more than I thought. Mm. All right. Uh, mm. and, but there is a trailer out for those who are interested. You can find that in our show notes. If you're a Deadwood fan, I'm looking. I, the trailer looked good. I look forward to watching the show so I know what's going on. <laughs> um, or finally, before we get to what you guys have for us, the Disney Fox. Fox merger is done. It's finalised. After all, the rigmarole about what was happening, how that was going to happen, it's done. Do you want to know what Disney now owns? All how our new overlords. Mm-hmm. Mm, what do they own, Brad? So, film studios-wise, they now own 20th Century Fox and Fox Searchlight and their entire film catalogue. So That's tw- crazy. So, 20th Century <laughs> Fox... They own 40% of your salary, is what they're <laughs> hearing. 20th Century Fox is like... Um, the X-Men films, obviously, and stuff. Now, the X-Men are coming. Well, we'll get to that in a moment. But whatever Fox has made film-wise or Fox Searchlight, and there's some really good Fox Searchlight stuff out there from the last, I don't know, 20 years or whatever, They that's all Disney now. Is T- that all going to be on their streaming service? We don't know yet, okay. but we would expect so. Um, TV networks, including FX and Nat- National Geographic. So, FX includes shows like the upcoming, I'm pretty sure... Um, why the Last Man is going is FX and mm. Atlanta is FX mm-hmm. as well. And I'm pretty always sure. Sunny. Always sunny, yeah. And always sunny as well. Yeah. That was so that's Disney now. They own a thirty percent stake. Sorry, they, I think they own now a 
sorry, they got a 30% stake in the Hulu streaming service from Fox, meaning they now own 60%, I think, of Hulu all up. I mean, they have a majority share in Hulu. So you would expect that that is part of their streaming service is going to maybe sort of take Hulu and like absorb it in some way or at mm-hmm. least use their streaming platform or, or architecture in some degree yeah. when huge. Disney Plus comes. So that's massive. They now have access to Marvel Comics um, characters such as X-Men and the Fantastic Four, which they haven't had for a while because they were sold off by Marvel way back. Um, they don't own Fox Corp. Your mum. Inclu- well, they might. Including <laughs> Fox News, Fox Sport and the Fox TV Network. Those stay with Rupert Murdoch. So, like... Fox News. He can have them. They're his. That's great. Not involved with... with well, it's going to be interesting because theoretically, if that's disconnected from the rest of what was Fox, does that is that going to get even worse than normal? Like, is that going to become even more right-wing sort of, you know, um, state TV than ever? Or mm. I'll be interested to see what happens to that when it's disconnected. It doesn't have to represent the rest of Fox as a whole, as we used to know it. We also don't know is what Disney will do with all of this. Layoffs and studio closures are expected and have already started in some places. But it will take a while to know what the full impact will be. So I wouldn't mind bringing that up later on down the track. If you want a more detailed breakdown, check out the article article from Todd Vanderwolf at Vox, which I'll also leave in the show notes. Does any of that interest you guys at all? Anything from that that um, you want to comment on? I think Disney's in an interesting position now, right? Especially with the Avengers. You mean a winning MCU, The MCU franchise, depending on how Endgame goes. So the way I've been thinking about it in the last however long um, is as soon as Endgame's done, anything that comes after that Mm. and it's shit, I won't care. Like they've gone to this point where they can have Endgame, right? They've made all these 19 films or whatever. 21. 21. 21 films. <laughs> with 22 crazy. once the game comes out, yeah. Right? 22 films and majority are incredible. Like, yeah. majority great. Yeah? To the point where they can... All right, end game's done and that sort of finishes that era. Mm-hmm. Anything that comes after that, they can almost reset the whole thing and go, all right, let's include X-Men. Let's include all this, all these other characters, the full Marvel Cinematic Universe. They could just do whatever they want at that point. Like, I think... Is that because really, you've had kind of like... A nice little completion. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I've Climax. climaxed. Yeah. <laughs> Very satisfying climax, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say some stuff. Anyway. Um, Feel free, yeah, we usually no, do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stop myself. Uh, yeah, so they, I, f- I feel like they in this really interesting position where they could do something huge with it and put it all together if they wanted to and I wouldn't actually care oh, if I mean failed. it's almost definite it's going to X-Men and Fantastic well, Four end up in the next era of I did read an article about how Deadpool is going to be in the Disney MCU which except the, yeah. his films will still stay R but when he's in other films he won't be as crass sure that makes sense but it also is I mean yeah if, if any character can just make a jump from one sort of universe into another, Deadpool's really easy to do. Yeah, because he can comment on that. Yeah, he, he's meta anyway. Yeah, anyway. The Disney, I know the Disney thing's really interesting. It's, there's a lot to be excited about, definitely. There's a lot to be cynical about, I think, there as well. That Disney's become this mega conglomerate oh, yeah, that mean, owns fucking all of media at this stage. They own The Simpsons now. Disney have the fucking Simpsons. <laughs> Could they stop it then? <laughs> yeah, they could. They could be the ones like, yeah, it's done. I think amazing. I'd be more terrified if they made content that I didn't either love or sure. completely agree with. <laughs> I'm sure if I was like on the other side of it and like, I don't know, thought women or people of colour shouldn't be in film, I'd be concerned. Sure. 
Um, but I just like all their stuff, so I'm like, you know what? I trust you guys. So what happened if that wheel turns though, and they stop being so sort of socially conscious and progressive in those ideas, and then there's not much you can do about then it. Then I'll take up arms, and the fight will begin. This is what the the Second Amendment's all about. (laughs) Which we don't have. Whichever. Uh, I don't know their amendments. You know, the gun one. You know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about, Americans. But I love that they, like, take amendments as though they can't be changed. I know, I love that. It's literally called amendments. (laughs) That's a... uh, Who's that comedian? No idea. That's just a fact. That Aussie (laughs) Aussie comedian that swears a lot. Uh, Damask. Isn't that all of them? (laughs) (laughs) What do you have for us? I've got a... Oh, yes. Sorry, never mind. Sorry, was that Jim Jeffries? Okay, good. Apologies. Jeff Jimries, depending on... Ask the question again. (laughs) Damask. What do you have for Off Topic Hot Topic? Reality check. Reality check. Yeah, nice. Nailed it. I didn't know we were going to do that bit. It's always there. So. You should listen to this show. You should. Um... So I've got a, a different type of reality check this Ooh, week. Uh, real, Ooh. like actual reality. <laughs> An actual reality check. So, <gasps> as you all know, I love the Real Housewives. Yes, oh, and yes. it was my birthday party, and my lovely friend and housemate Joseph gave a beautiful speech. It was wonderful, and he had a surprise for me. Now, I had no idea what it was. Um, so he got everyone gathered in front of the TV. He, he turned me around, I covered my eyes, and then he's like, all right, turn around. And as I turn around, I have one of the Real Housewives on the TV speaking to me. Speaking wish, to you? Wishing me a happy birthday. Oh. And it was Teresa from Real Housewives of New Jersey, and it was fucking amazing. It's wow. probably the best present I've ever gotten. So, it was Truly beautiful. That's incredible. And a genuine you- surprise. Like, yeah. yeah, it was really, really good. Called you Masky, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> incredible. Which is amazing. That's amazing. Do you yeah. have that? I haven't oh, watched that. And she was talking about the podcast here. as well. And she's like, because it's this thing called Cameo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so, right. we, like, wrote a message that she, like, read. And That's stuff. amazing. It was fucking I forgot like, about Cameo. Yeah. Yes, she's uh, in, a, in a taxi in Wait, New York. Wait, is Cameo the thing that's written by, is, like, made by the guys that did the um, Firefest thing? Is that their... I feel like that might be their one of their ventures. Well, it's going well. It's going so, yeah. way better than like they've actually arrived. Like something like that. Oh, that's really that's exactly. amazing. Mm. That's so cool. Yeah. So that made me very happy. How does she rate in terms of like your housewives? Because I know Atlanta's your favorite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's one of like she's certainly up there because she's one of like the OG. And cool, cool, cool. Jersey's amazing, and she's like the star of Jersey and stuff. And she's the one with probably the most off, mo- the most real life drama because she went to prison a couple of years ago for oh, fraud. Oh, wow. Um, her husband is, I believe, currently in prison, about to be let out, but he might be deported because he's technically an Italian citizen because he was born there. Right. So, he might be deported by ICE. So, Whoa. like, there's a lot of drama there. Um, it's, it's it's juicy stuff. Did... Did you? Is it you that recently had a run in with a real housewife? Well, real housewife of Melbourne recently? Or was that? Some, I didn't have a run in. I literally walked past her on the street. Right. And then it's I just... spat on her. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's just happening a lot. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm. Maybe you'll I'm be getting closer to being on a reality. TV That'd be amazing. Show. You're just gonna worm your way in. Do dream. you do you mainly watch American reality? Yeah. TV? You don't watch anything Australian. I mean, I have watched like The Bachelor and stuff. I like that because that's always fun to watch with people. You're not into the maths. 
I know, and I also think it's. I think it's gone too far at this point for me to jump in because I think it's going to be so annoying for me to watch. Is it it still going? I think it's near. If it's not over, it's nearing its Mm. this season. Maths being uh, married at first sight, Australian trash television. Just for anyone who doesn't know, everyone's. But then there is actual good Australian reality TV, such as such as Broad. You got obsessed with Love Island. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That just because it knows it's trash and is yeah. pretending to be a fucking thought experiment or whatever. <laughs> it is. Right sight is. It's the best. It's just Ugh. the dumbest people having the stupidest conversations. Yeah. And making fun of itself. Liam, what do you have for us for Off Topic Hot Topic? Uh, I just wanted to talk about the Apple TV Plus announcement. Mm, tell me, tell me. This is, so, this is the Apple streaming service. So, we've had Disney news. We know that Disney Plus is coming. We've already got Netflix, Amazon. Wait, are they both Stan. pluses? We got Apple yes, Plus they are them. both. Everything's a plus now. That's Everything. so dumb. Okay, go on. Go Basically, ahead, go this, ahead. the way they did it. So, I, a plus is the new E in front of things. Apparent or yeah, it's I. the new I, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so, yeah, I stayed up till five or, in, S at the end. five or six o'clock in the morning the other day because I couldn't sleep for some reason. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I might as well watch this Apple event. What are you feeling guilty about? What are you going to talk about? Um, I just was in a lot of pain. I had... Oh. A lot of pain. <laughs> Personal, <laughs> emotional pain? All right, physical, moving on, moving physical on. Physical pain. Physical okay. pain. Um, you want to tell anyone about your gross rash lamp? No, I don't want to talk about my shingles. Please take that out of this, the podcast. No. Nah, it's like you brought like a, I was just clearly not trying to. Um, anyway, so I was up. I couldn't sleep. And I watched this event. And it was blah, 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 all this stuff. And basically, can we just talk about some other stuff beforehand that happened for it? The Apple credit card now exists. What does that mean? I, so I, I've seen that. They've Why? matched with... Um, uh, another bank, like the, one of the biggest banks in the world, which is Goldman Sachs, or yeah, whatever, yeah, right? Mm. Which is apparently one of the most evil corporations in the world. Yes. Um, and and then you can use Apple Pay on your phone, mm. like a credit card now, and you can earn like rewards and stuff. And, and it, but then there's also a physical credit card, which is this like titanium card that just says your name on it. It has the Apple logo engraved in it. No numbers, no CCV or anything. Just this platinum card thing that goes in your wallet. Anyway, it's How do you ridiculous. buy stuff online with it if you're just on your computer, though? Well, no, you can do, use it like Apple Pay. Right. Like, like you, oh, like like pay, you can use it like any... It's like a, your fingerprint or whatever on your phone. Right. Um, it's just so, an NFC technology, NFC. so you can like hold it up to an FPOS machine or like... Oh, and so Australia, I, I, I barely take my wallet out anymore because I just go. Yeah, Meh, Australia like is the mm. biggest user of Apple Pay in the world it's because it's we convenient. use Pay PayPass. Like the rest of the world is like seventy percent of places. Ninety nine percent of Australia uses it. It's because we barely use cash. Like well, I don't yeah. know Australians anyone hate has cash. cash anymore. Cash no. yeah. sucks. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah, <laughs> go on. Um, so they announced that they announced some news like magazine thing anyway but then they also a then magazine they, they do no, it's magazine like, it's like newsstand you know uh, on your on your iPhone oh I you see newsstand, but then I've got all these magazines that you, can you can subscribe to now subscribe stuff to on your, it's all about them making read. money this is yeah. literally just them trying to make more and more money mm. um, through well, subscriptions business <laughs> through subscriptions how dare they <laughs> <laughs> how dare they anyway and then they then they they ended with this um thing where it's really like inspirational thing about telling stories and I had all these famous faces like J.J. Abrams and Jennifer Aniston and Steven Spielberg and all talking about how when they work they collaborate on these things it was really inspiring video and then then out of nowhere Steven Spielberg shows up on stage talking about the streaming service how he's going to be making these shows and stuff like 
my Isn't question. Isn't he at war with Netflix? Exactly, yes. right? <laughs> He's currently like the Academy. Netflix is not legitimately making so, films. You cannot include him in the Academy Awards. Hey, guys, streaming is the future when he's talking about it for Apple. It's oh so God. ridiculous. So you've <laughs> so got all down. these people who show up on stage. Jennifer Anderson, Reese Witherspoon making this show called The Morning Show or Morning Show. And Steve Carell's in that. Uh, you've got okay. Kamal Najiani is making um, this like anthology series about Immigrants in America mm-hmm. called Little America, which is, seems interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Oprah's doing Oprah's doing two documentaries. Sick. Um, That's a tweetable moment. But yeah, the, really, the big. <laughs> it's a joke for anyone who listens to a <laughs> Super Soul Sunday podcast. <laughs> Whenever anyone says anything, she's like, mm. That's a tweetable moment, <laughs> which I love. Do you know this whole whole thing, though? It scares me. Well, it's very interesting, right? The way that Apple revolutionized everything was going against this 1984, um, you know, you know that ad they where the they throw something, the literally throw yeah. something, and then they come out with, here, have a credit card, and all this stuff. It's like, okay, no, you're trying to do exactly this. And the, even the image on the screen was this big black and white face next to the Apple TV Plus logo and you look back at their old ad where they throw a hammer into a big black and white That's face really on a screen oh. it's yeah. like hmm interesting anyway it's a whole new thing but it, the quality looks really good for mm-hmm. what they're making but they're just throwing so much money at the most famous people in the world J.J. Abrams mm. is making stuff making a yeah, James Abrams is making stuff. Brian well. Fuller at one stage is going to make something for them. Not happening anymore. <laughs> so that, that makes out. sense. You, see, that's, you that's, don't have to say the second sure. part of that sentence. <laughs> I know how it's going Sorry. to end. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so that's another streaming service that I probably... Honestly, there's nothing really on there that really interested me. Mm. Well, this is the... Apparently, from what I understand, didn't watch the event, and maybe you can confirm this, they're not having... They're only having original content on the streaming service, yeah, so there's you're not going to see them like buy the rights to you know Fox is not the you know Paramount or you know Miramax Films or something like that or TV shows from other networks and have them on there. It's like you buy this and you just get an Apple original content on there. So th- that that's why I like my Netflix and my thing, stand well, for like the Sunday when I'm hungover and yeah. I want to watch a movie. Netflix, however, is getting less and less original. Con- oh, sorry, of non-original content. It's more and more of just their own stuff anyway. We're just getting used to that with Netflix because we like their stuff to some degree now. And so we're getting to a point though where it's getting a little bit ridiculous. I've already got three streaming services. You're about Mm. to have four when Disney Plus comes. And and Disney is, is, better or worse, that is a no-brainer, right? So Netflix, Amazon, Stan, and now uh, Disney. Apple just doesn't fit. Apple, from what I understand as well... The app will work on your phone. This is because Apple TV Plus app works on your phone, works on your, uh, I- your iPads and stuff, works on your Mac, works on Apple your TV. Apple TV, but you have to buy the like a fourth generation app or no, something like no, that. I don't think so. I, I didn't see that bit, but... I won't be able to Chromecast it anyway. No. So... They're bringing so Apple TV in general to phones and stuff now as well. And then some TVs will have it as well, potentially, but... I don't know. It feels like it's pretty limiting. That's I'm- why I'm going to get rid of... Amazon Prime because I can't Chromecast it. So I'm like, what's the fucking point of this? Oh yeah, so. I, I really like my Amazon Prime though. I don't. I've got. What are you watching on it? Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, lots I've of different that. TV shows and stuff. Yeah, the third season American will Gods. Come eventually. American Gods <laughs> is on there. Gods, There's yeah. stuff. Um, I, I've good literally Omens only got it for the podcast. That's the only reason I've got it for when we watch shows that happen to be on it. You don't use Amazon Prime for anything else, like buying things and having free shipping. And I mean, this week I did because it's you. You guys is as 
birthday party and I needed a costume immediately. Yeah. So I primed it. Damn straight. Yeah. It's pretty good for that. Uh, oh. I've just got one last little thing I want to bring up. We've been bringing this up a lot recently. Oh. You know, I keep trying to convince... because I it know our sexual tension? <laughs> yeah. Mm. I, the, <laughs> I know that uh, I've been trying to get you to listen to this podcast for a long time. And the more I talk about it, the less likely it is. Yeah. All right. So, I just want to confirm mm-hmm. that it was Catherine Tate and that she has done an episode now. Oh, well, I better this watch is it. the David Tate does a podcast with the very next episode, mm. Kristen Ritter. Which I've just listened to as well. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. Which is a pretty interesting, different tone to some of the other podcasts that he's done, but pretty interesting. Is that because she's American? Well, John Hamm was Possibly. on there and that was also a very different tone. It might just be the Americanness of it. Mm. Maybe. But what's also interesting is that I think that maybe this kind of confirms that Kilgrave's going to be in season three of Jessica Jones. Oh, yeah. Quite possible. Because the chances are they recorded that because they were on set together and around mm. each other. Um, they didn't say anything to that degree necessarily, but I think that might be a little bit of a spoiler, or at least my suspicion is Kilgrave will be in season three of... uh, I mean, I think they should drop that information as soon as possible, because otherwise I just wouldn't watch season three. Mm -hmm. You're going to watch season... It's the last season, Jessica goes, really? No. I loved the first season. Yeah. Second season, did not care for at all. Why would I watch the third? Fair enough. All right, let's get to our spoiler-free review of The Sopranos Season 1. Let me clue you in. Season in review. The Sopranos is an American crime drama television series created by David Chase and tells the story of Tony Soprano, a New Jersey-based Italian-American mobster who, after experiencing mysterious blackouts, looks to psychiatrist Dr. Jennifer Melfi for help. The show premiered on HBO on January 10th, 1999, making this year its 20th anniversary, and ran for six seasons, concluding on June 10th, 2007. The legacy of The Sopranos cannot be understated, widely considered to be one of the greatest and most groundbreaking TV shows of all time, and often noted as the series that fostered the current golden age of peak TV. The show stars James Gandolfini, Lorraine Bracco, Edie Falco, Michael Imperioli, Dominic Cianisi and Nancy Marchand as Tony's mother, Livia Soprano. Season one consists of 13 episodes, each coming in at around 49 minutes and took us approximately 10 hours and 40 minutes to watch. So, why did we decide to watch The Sopranos? Well, this is one of the first shows that when we were talking about doing hunting seasons, like, we watch TV all the time, but we don't watch the shows that we should have. Like The Sopranos, let's do that. And it's only taken us, what, two and a half years to get there? Basically, yeah. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah this is like a no-brainer, right? If you haven't mm. watched this show, are you really a TV fan? Exactly. So, we had to I, get I to it eventually. Yeah, feeling like a fraud, so I thought we should get to it. Also, popular demand, you know, constant demand from listeners. Mm. Why the hell haven't we watched The Sopranos yet and talked about The Sopranos? So, it was time. Liam, uh, what's your relationship with The Sopranos? Had you watched it before? I no, never before, <laughs> never. Like I, how did we miss it? How did the three of us, people who consider ourselves to be tapped into this, you know? I believe the reason I never watched it is because I was well, eight when it you started. You were little, yeah. As, eight as years opposed old. to me, who was ten and <laughs> was ready for say. it. Um, uh, yeah, Hi, and also mate. like it was on. I think it was on really late. I'm trying to even remember Australia. where it would have been shown. Is this like I'm, a? I think it was on like Channel Nine. or I feel something. like it would have been a Channel Nine show. Yeah. Definitely on television, but yeah, I don't think it would ever interest me when I was young. Mm-mm. And then it and it was like when I was old enough to think about it. It it was too far into the show for yeah. me to really get into it. I it wasn't didn't have the access to it that you have it now as well. Mm. I suppose at the time we were watching like 
Buffy and stuff like that. Yeah. It was like our TV shows that were shaping us. Sopranos Dawson's wasn't Creek. really our, yeah. Mm. Sopranos weren't really the show that was uh, yeah, yeah didn't shaping have a us. lot in common with like a forty-five-year-old mob boss <laughs> who's dealing with anxiety, which is weird because now I do. <laughs> I was going to say, hey, what's changed? I've got way more in common now than I ever did with Buffy. Uh, he and I go to therapy, and that's pretty much how my therapy <laughs> sessions go too. I either try to fuck her or punch her in the face. <laughs> Damask, could you please give us your spoiler-free review of The Sopranos Season 1? Now, it could be taken for granted how fully formed the first season of The Sopranos is. In the age of television we live in now. But there is a reason this show is seen as the dawn of the current golden age of television. We are spoiled for choice. But, you know, I was looking back on some of the amazing first seasons that we've watched for Hunting Seasons. From Killing Eve to Barry to Glow. And there are many, many more. We've plenty to choose from, but we've got to acknowledge just how sharp this inaugural season of TV is and the time that it was born from. Now, it wasn't just The Sopranos that helped birth this age, even though a lot of people want to say that's what happened. We had Buffy. We had Sex and the City. Don't at me. It's true. Mm. We had The Mm, X-Files. But The Sopranos is the show that from its very first season, from the very first moments of its first season, most closely resembles what great TV was going to become. David Chase's direction in the pilot feels familiar and what we have come to expect from TV now. This season brings us a type of anti-hero that still echoes through TV today with the likes of Walter White and Don Draper owing him a huge amount. Unlike those two, though, Tony Soprano is actually interesting to me. He deals with toxic masculinity like many anti-heroes seem to do, but we are given a wonderful insight and perspective of his own relationship with toxic masculinity thanks to his interactions with therapist Dr. Melfi. He's a mob boss that goes to therapy. It's a fucking great premise that is executed expertly. This show is amazing. This first season is incredible. Yeah, that's basically wow. what I wanted to say. Um, <laughs> just not so many words. Yeah, I think that, that echoes a lot of what I'm thinking as well. It's, I think, going on what you were saying as well, Liam, it is interesting that I, for a show that's got such a reputation, mm-hmm. mm. I, my expectations were really different to the reality of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the first thing was just getting sort of, as always with a new show, is always sort of finding your groove with it. Like, am I in tune with what this show is doing? Mm-hmm. You know, where am I at? And the first episode- Yeah, with so much expectation. That, especially yeah. with that. It is a very good pilot. And then there was a moment somewhere in the middle, I'm like, I get the tone of this now. This is actually quite funny as well. Mm-hmm. There is obviously a lot of drama here, but it's, um, it, yeah, once I was, some of those jokes and some of the perspectives in there and, and the humor that was in there started to come to the fore, I was like, oh, I get what this show is doing mm. now. I'm really enjoying this. I For me, um, and I've seen this reflected in a couple of other people have written about this prize as well. It takes a few episodes for it to become really what it's going to be, though. The first few episodes, I almost felt like this was going to be like a job of the week type situation where every week, every few episodes, like the first few episodes seem to be like, oh, we're going to deal with um, such and such once this done, so we're going to do this job. And that was sort of like, not the crux or the core of the story, but maybe the framing of the story. Oh, he's an, this is another job. This is a guy we've got to get money from for this guy. And how's that going to reflect back on um, Tony's, you know, mob or whatever, right? Mm. And then it hits episode five, I want to say, college. And mm. and from then on, I think it, fi- it really finds a tone and a focus that follows through for the rest of the season. I'm like, okay, I, I, like for me, 
it hit that next level mm. at that point. Now, had you watched any of the show before? Absolutely zero oh, anything. Okay. Oh, because I you know what I had seen. A few I've seen before. the ending of the entire show. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> because at the time, it was one of those things where it was there was talked about so much, and I. Didn't have any intention mm. to watch the show at the time. Because of how, like, Tony becomes an astronaut and goes into space. Exactly, yeah. right? What a weird choice to yeah. make. Interesting. Um, I mean, filled with, like, symbolism and, yeah. like, all those things. Now that you reflect sense. on now, yeah. it makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, Spoiler-free review, right? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Shouldn't be putting spoilers in like that. But no, I have... <laughs> it's a solid bit. Anyway, <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I I watched it out of curiosity. It's like, oh, what's everyone talking about? And like, it doesn't like I had no context for that ending, but I've seen it. I kind of remember it. I watched it That's ten such years a ago. Broad thing to do. Yeah, I, but I, it doesn't worry me too much because while I understand the events, it has it's already so symbolic that mm. it's like I, I none of the. If there is symbolism in there, I don't remember any of that. I just remember the reality of what mm. the little events that took place. I, I, yeah. Does that make sense? I, I remember I people talking about it, but I don't really remember what they were talking well, about. Well, that's the thing. It's, yeah. an, it's a debate ending. It's not a clear-cut ending as to what happens anyway. Yeah. So, I don't think I'm going to have... It's not going to affect my ability to watch it um, when I get there. Anyway, that's what I've seen. I've seen mm-hmm. the ending. Yeah. So, no, I hadn't... Beyond that, yeah, I hadn't watched a I'd second. I seen a few episodes. Right. Like, late night TV or whatever. Sure. That, like, I kind of understood no what it was, what probably. Stuff was, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so, yeah, but then... Uh, and then, like, other things that were happening very early on. It's not like this changes too much. There's often references to, like, other... Um, like mob films and stuff like that, like Goodfellas, mm. and uh, that happened very early. But in the first few episodes, it seemed to be constant. It's like every other scene was talking. It was there was a quote from The Godfather, or talking about The Godfather, and blah blah blah. And then that died off a little bit. And there was a good episode that dealt with that actually, mm. which we'll talk about later. But I don't know it sort of found its own wavelength after that, which mm-hmm. I really appreciated. Um, but and then basically what you were saying as well, Liam, I realized. This isn't a crime show. Yeah. I've been had. Mm. This is a family drama slash sitcom. Yeah. Mm. And once I understood that as well, uh, and the show really lent into that side of things, like, okay, cool. This is a very, really well written, really well outperformed, interesting show. Well, I'm apparently really it was originally not about the mob at all. It was um, Gandolfini's character, Tony, was meant to be just like a screenwriter. Oh, <laughs> really? Was more, like really? closer to like. About like a screenwriter's complicated relationship with his mum, and then he added the mob stuff to like you know make it more interesting, get it made. That interestingly, that makes sense why they keep <laughs> referencing like films. Then, yeah. like when you're when Christopher's character, it wants to yeah, be a he screenwriter. Wants to, yeah, he's doing it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That yeah, that's interesting. Um, so yeah, it it I liked it from the start. It took a few episodes for it to really hit what I think is its groove, mm. and I really liked it all the way through the ending. As like. It doesn't feel like a complete story to me at this stage. It's very much just sort of a... Mm-hmm. If it ended at season one, I'd be like, oh, that was fine. I'm looking mm. really looking forward to season two, three, how they build on mm. what we've got so far. Interesting that you say that because um, Chase originally wanted to, it just to be a film. That's so, true, yeah. yeah. So, he, he didn't want Did he even want to make this show? He didn't like, want to make this show. <laughs> really? No. He, he was trying to not get it made so he could go back to film and mm-hmm. make this story a film. But then he had to stretch it out for... 13, I haven't, 10 hours? 10 hours all up, yeah. Yeah, which he did a really good job of doing. It's a fucking great 
bunch of episodes. Cool. Uh, any other thoughts, spoiler-free thoughts, before we move into our spoiler fr- uh, our spoiler talk? No, let's, let's, let's talk about it. Uh, how would you score this first season out of five stars, Liam? Four. Four stars out of five, Damask? I'm giving it five. It's a great first season. Whoa. Five stars? Yep. I thought it was great. I didn't think it was perfect. Oh, no, it's not perfect, but I think but it's excellent. exceptional. Does, yeah. the, does the context of the era, like its effect on TV since then, play into that at all? Like understanding that... Yeah, I think like having made something that higher standard mm-hmm. with no blueprint mm. before that, I think, mm. yeah, it's incredible. And it's like, I really enjoyed this season. Yeah. It's such a good story. The characters are so well-defined and interesting and intricate. Yep. And the relationships with one another are so complex. It's a fucking good story and it's really well made. The I was hesitant to start this show mm. because there is so much prestige around it. Mm. It's so highly oh, regarded. Too. It was like there was a pressure to watch it yes. and to like it. And like to watching like it. Breaking so, Bad. Which is what I felt with Breaking Bad, the pressure to like it. And then the more I move away from it, the more I was like, I didn't like that show. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was very relieving to enjoy it mm. straight out the gate pretty much mm-hmm. to like go, cool, I'm in I'm in the groove of this in this yeah. show. I'm gonna give it four stars as well. I um it is interesting. I think if anything, the context of where TV's at now because so many shows have built on this blueprint. Mm. It's like going back to anything and going, oh, that was the original. And I know I should appreciate it for that, but also lots of things. But if you like the cover better, then you like the cover better. That's exactly right. If that's the first thing you see, it's hard to go back to the original and go. That's fair. Yeah. (laughs) But liking it a lot and really looking forward to seeing how the show builds over the next four seasons as well. So Mm. four stars from me. Before we dive into our spoiler talk, we'd like to remind everyone that if you enjoy what we do here, we'd really appreciate you sharing the podcast with others who you think might also enjoy listening. We also appreciate your positive reviews on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify, whatever podcast platform you prefer. But right now, let's talk spoilers. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're now entering the Spoiler Zone. Spoiler warning! On this episode, we'll be discussing everything that happens in Season 1 of The Sopranos. Before listening any further, we recommend watching all of The Sopranos up to this point. If you've not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You You have been warned! Deep dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. So, I would argue that while this is... Uh, you know, as we said, sort of a sitcom family drama sort of thing. The central pillar, the hook, 
you might say of this, apart from it being a, you know, a mob show, is the, as you were saying, a mobster going to see a therapist. Mm-hmm. So that actually caught me off guard. I had no idea that's what this show was about. Oh, really? Yeah. I did know that much. Yeah. I knew that therapy was a big part of it. I love the idea that most episodes have these therapy sessions between Tony and Absolutely. Dr. Melfi. Um, what do we think of that relationship, those characters of Tony and Dr. Melfi, their relationship throughout the season? Yeah, I mean, well, it evolves, so it's kind of hard to have, like, just a static opinion about it. But I enjoy the dynamic. Mm. I think it's those two actors play off each other so fucking well. Mm -hmm. Um, There's incredible tension on many different levels that goes on in those scenes. Um, And what's interesting as well, what I love about it, it's not just Dr. Melfi is like a mirror for Tony. It's not like he's just sort of... It's his way of expressing himself or something like that. Dr. Melfi's relationship and fascination with Tony is yeah. equally mm-hmm. interesting to watch. She's a person. She's not, yeah, yeah just yeah, a, a bouncing board or whatever. Exactly. Which <laughs> I think it easily thought. could be. It's yeah. like you just put him in a confessional and let him talk and that would be a way to get inside his head. That's one way of doing it. It would not be bad. Mm. But having Dr. Melfi be so interesting and kind of... Well, there's seen her complex, yeah. complex, that relationship be complex mm. and sort of Conflict like... Conflict with like whether or not she should continue... Uh, there's a lot of ethical questions about the like way that she treats him and her relationship with him. Her family's opinion on it and stuff as well is really mm. interesting. Those episodes where they're arguing about how she should not, you know, treat him. Be treating him Be treating or... him and, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's such an interesting relationship. It's kind of hard for me to even, like, describe what it is or what's going on there because clearly... He, begin, we start off and he's quite infatuated with yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so there is like this sexual tension there. Totally. Um, which is, and the way they play that is really well done. I love the the dream sequences we mm. get in this. This like real internal view of not just Tony. We get dream sequences from a few different characters, I think, in this season. Um, but you do get that. It, it's it, it's quite blatant. Like, it's not hiding anything from that at all, but it mm. does inform so much of how he interacts with her in that their next session after he has a sex dream about her yeah. or you know, has a dream about her being in a shower and whatnot. And then the the way she has to deal with that and explaining why it is that mm-hmm. he is attracted to her the way she is, the why he's in, infatuated with her and not his own wife and what he's looking for from... Uh, a woman in his life and why that is and how it always comes back to his mum. Oh, he's so (laughs) And he's like, and he's so base about it. He's like, I don't want to fuck my mother. She's like, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm not saying that you want to fuck your mum. I'm saying your relationship with women is, you know. Informed by. Informed by, yeah. And it's all mixed up together. Your your daughter, your wife, your Mm mum, like they all are representing different things, but also one big thing at the same time. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Dr. Melfi. Yeah, it'd be interesting without her, without that relationship being as important as it is, this show would be so much less. It would be so much mm. less. It would be... Because you, you were saying this is originally... wasn't even a mob show, right? It was about... A screenwriter. Mm. And there is this... It's like before anything was written, This that was like the, the concept was going to be, yeah. And there is this... I think some of the meta elements that go along with that are here in the in the dialogue, in the mm. script, in the show as well. Um, and just reflected so well in those scenes. I 
yeah, truly live for any scene that's in that that's room. that's in that room. Yeah. And um and, and the yeah, the sexual tension when he's getting angry and violently he's right up in her face, mm. the way she handles herself there. Uh, for me, I, one of my favourite things was just the awkward conversation about missed appointment fees, which I understand. <laughs> I understand how that's touching. And, it, touched, uh, it, it got, came real home to you with it. It did. Yeah. I was like, um, yeah, him. I get it. It does seem unfair, but you know, I could have had another patient during this time mm. and you decided not to show up. So what am I going to do? Uh, no, I'm really fascinated to see where that relationship goes. My How's it going to evolve? halved a missed appointment fee for me once because I was honest about why I didn't go. She's like, why aren't you coming? She's like, is this avoidance? It's an avoidance issue. I'm like, no, I'm just shopping with my girlfriend and I'm just having a really good time. I don't want to spend today in therapy. She's like, yeah, no, fair enough. All right. Half your fee. I was like, fuck yes. That's cool. Very nice. So clearly she loves me more than Dr. Melfi loves Tony. <laughs> He's also a mob. I think she'll just take his money. He's my mob boss. He'll take, she'll take the money. My therapist knows I'm poor. <laughs> <laughs> that helps too. It's more pity. Mainly what we talk about. <laughs> um, oh, sorry, the obvious place to go from here is... The relationship between Tony and uh, his mother. Mm. Uh, how do we think about... Is Livia? Livia. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, how do we feel about Livia? Uh, what, what was your initial thoughts on Livia? Like in episode one, he's going to visit her at the house. He brings the CD player and you know brings her music. And she's obviously a troubled lady. Mm-hmm. You know, she's struggling to with her age, how it's affecting her. You know, well, like, yeah, I thought she was just going to be like a doddering old nonna who like is way too invested in her family mm-hmm. and expects so much. And I just thought she was going to be like, yeah, be this Italian nonna stereotype. Yeah. That's not what I got no. at all. She's playing that. She's mm. playing that role. She's she's smarter than she, she puts on. Yeah. Although, I mean, I guess we can talk about the spoiler review. At the end. Yes. Of the season, mm-hmm. where he's like, she's smiling. Yeah, that's interesting. She's moment. smiling. Like, is she? That I guess that's the thing. Is like, we won't know until the next season. Right? I'm, like, I'm gonna say yes. She's smiling. It, Absolutely. It, it looked like she was smiling. Yeah, but she did have the gas mask on, the oxygen mask on her face. So, so you're questioning how how is Tony is Tony projecting that onto her because of how she actually she was. I mean, and and she definitely was playing up the whole mm. Alzheimer's thing. Yeah, right. But. She actually had a stroke. Well, did she? Well, that's a thing. Like, did mm. she? I mean, I th- she's in a hospital. I feel like that they would be able to tell if you had a stroke, right? I, it depends. If I think if you've had a, a had a fall, mm. you know, there's a lot of assumptions that can be made there. She hasn't been operated on. She hasn't been. She's just been dragged into, into the operation. And also, point. she's able to convince everyone that she has Alzheimer's, mm. including yeah. like in a care facility. Yep. That like, and she plays it so perfectly. Yeah. Like, if I didn't ha- already, as an audience audience member, have that knowledge that she's full of shit, I would totally like the actress is playing it straight. Like, she actually yeah, has yeah. Alzheimer's, and it's amazing to know that she's so, so dark and so calculating. And it's- the way she like she shows up at the house, she mm-hmm. like, she, she plays that. Yeah. She takes those steps. She doesn't. She she's willing to go that far yeah. to show up and you know. Mm. Because with her relationship with Junior, and obviously she was like feeding him information and stuff, and it, yeah. it, it did seem like spiteful and all all that stuff. I did not think that she was playing Junior or anyone else to that degree. For the longest time, I was just thinking she is I thought just she was a spiteful old woman, a spiteful old woman, but also a confused old lady. Right? I didn't put it down to real menace for a very long time. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the 
the reality of that situation. It's very yeah. easy to underestimate someone because you do take her for granted because of her age. You do just assume that she, you know, it can't be that malicious because she is Tony's mother or, you know, she is an old lady. Why would you suspect an old lady be, of being so malicious like that? Mm. And then to to, ha- to have those realisations, one of my favourite scenes in the entire season is when um, Carmela mm-hmm. goes to visit Livia when she's in the home, whatever, and she brings food or whatever it is, and she calls her out. Yeah. But she, Livia does not let up. She just keeps playing different mm-hmm. sympathy cards, yeah. you know, plays the victim, plays the victim. And even Carmela, who knows, it's she never, she never lets up either, but she gives a little bit of ground back to Livia. Like, she doesn't want to see this woman crying. Yeah. She doesn't want her to be upset, <laughs> but she's not going, but she also knows that she's full of shit. She's manipulated. That's so weird. She comes to get her out of the... Gee, I'm taking you out. I'm taking her out. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. taking you out. So that Tony can come yeah. in and store all the That's money right. and go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, but I just like look back on the scene where um, Livia lets Junior know that, you know, all of the capos or whatever have been like putting mm-hmm. their Stuff in mothers <laughs> in that home. Um, and then he realises that he has to take Tony out. Mm-hmm. And the way that scene is played like oh fuck she like she fucked up but she she wanted to get tony in trouble but i never thought that she wanted tony to be killed and yeah. then looking back i'm like fuck and she then, gave him that yeah. information because she knew he was going to kill her son yeah fucking then, yeah. nuts yeah it's so nuts so then and so, then as soon as it doesn't work out she starts playing the alzheimer's yeah. card and she's like and oh, junior realizes what? i don't what remember what done. conversation yeah. we're talking about and mm. from that moment on she denies it yeah yes so the Again, looking at The Sopranos as like this first season of what it is, you expect this to be a mob show. You expect it to be about, you know, family. Family as in the mob sense drama. Yeah, 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 capital F drama. The tension. Capital F drama. Mm. Capital F family (laughs) drama. Uh, The the tension between capos and, Mm. you know, the, the boss and all that sort of stuff and the way they play each other and, you know, people, you know, getting hit and getting whacked and whatnot. But you don't expect it to be... Because I know the terms. I know the yeah, lingo. Yeah, just the way you said that so confidently. There's another term they used a lot. Oh, clipped. Clipped. Yes. clipped. I loved clipped as well. That's good. Uh, but you don't expect it to be about a manipulative, manipulative matriarch Mm-mm. in that sense. That's a really fresh, mm. different mm. perspective. And Quite Shakespearean of them. Mm. Shakespearean and just... Uh, when it because it does start feeling so much like ah, oh, just wants to be the good fellas, just wants to be the godfather. It's just living in the shadow of those things. And then to let's take a completely different perspective on this and do something so fresh is really, mm. really considering I mean, also that we now know that it was supposed to be a screenwriter and his mother yeah. their relationship. That was clearly the idea the whole time as well. Like this, oh, it was oh, never yeah, not it was there. Good. It was, that was never not, not there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think like yeah, even before I knew, yeah, the exact depth of Livia's darkness was I found well yeah you know obviously there's similarities to things like Goodfellas but just the family dynamics just like with him and his immediate family his wife and his kids Mm -hmm. I found that really interesting and fresh as well definitely like really going into yeah those intricate relationships was yeah so while the beautiful cherry on top was obviously how fucked up Livia is but all of that stuff throughout the show I found Really quite incredible. The whole just the way that the crime family or career criminal 
sort of way stuff is handled is interesting too. We've watched Breaking Bad, which is obviously about a guy who primarily is trying to keep his criminal activity secret from his family, right? And this, there is a sense of everyone know like everyone in the family knows to some degree mm. and just accepts it. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality of it. This is the way it's always been. Yeah. This is the way we've had to live as Italian Americans. This is this is just the, how it is. And dealing with that uh, I say a secret, but that reality is really interesting mm. too to watch how the stress on the family because, like, there's plenty of dramas about you know work life versus family life and the stresses on that. But the that stuff's really fun. The way the kids are involved in that, how much um, Meadow knows as opposed to AJ, and enjoy all of that. The Carmela stuff with the priest. Mm. How do you was, feel about that? I wasn't. Sorry, I'm Carmella. Yes, as a character, I wasn't sure for the first. I must have been the first couple of episodes. I wasn't sure how much she knew about Tony's exploits. Mm. Like for a she, while, there, she is she is playing. She's playing the yeah, the ignorant wife only. Uh, I think to the outside world. It's the outside world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then once yeah, then you realize very soon, like when all the FBI stuffs come happening, she's. Like the money's yeah, still there. Yeah, she knows what's going on. Like, okay. she's, she, oh, she's yeah. fully in this. And then they have the conversations about whether they're going to tell the kids or not. But, sorry, back, back to what you were saying about the priest and... Yeah, how did you feel about that priest character and that um, Carmela's whole involvement with him and... like yeah. the, 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 the college um, scene is the one where they have the storm and they're at, mm. he stays over and... Yeah, because obviously Tony has this other person that is this emotional Russian. crutch yeah. for him and he's mm-hmm. connecting with her oh, in that so way. you're talking about the, the therapist? Yeah, yeah the therapist. Sorry, I, was, I thought you were talking about his Russian mistress. <laughs> no. That's, <laughs> well, that's, that's not a whole, deep that's, relationship. That's another... But yeah, no. And then obviously she wants to have that as well. She wants a husband that she can have a conversation with. And watch like, DVDs with. Watch, yeah, just on the couch eating yummy food. And that's really... She's so thirsting for that like sure. kind of affection and love. Um, I, I I mean, it made me genuinely interested in Carmela. Mm. Carmela, yes. Yeah. I think like it's a, it makes total sense for her and, mm. you know, you get a great perspective on her desires and what she's after and what she's missing in her life from Tony. That character of the priest is, is weirdly gross and... Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember yeah, a character like that. Yeah, priests are gross. They are, aren't they? <laughs> of course they are. What kind of human would choose to live that life? It's yeah. insane. Of course, like, what? I can't remember where I read it, but it was on the internet, so it's definitely true. Uh, <laughs> Quote but, that, everybody. Yeah. Here we go. It was Here on the go. internet. It must be yeah, true. Exactly. It's going to be. <laughs> uh, but they were saying that, you know, like, priests have the emotional intelligence generally of, like, 12-year-olds because they sure. haven't developed, like, real personal relationships. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, of course, like, this weirdo creep. See, the weirdo creep we always assume is a pedophile. Yeah. But, like, you know, I, it made sense that this weirdo creep who, like, wanted relationships with women but didn't know how to have them yeah. became a priest and then does this weird thing mm-hmm. to countless women in his parish. Shows up at the doorstep, yeah. Yeah. I did love when she called him out on it. Oh, so good. Just like, whatever the fuck you think this is, it's so gross and wrong and, Mm -hmm. yeah, manipulative of your power and you get a weird kick out of it. Yeah, because she's a soprano, so she's not going to take shit. And she's like, 
Just like, that's cool. We can hang out. Just be fucking honest about it. Like, don't be a little dick about it. I was a bit upset with her when she did tip out the entire contents of that dish into oh, the it bin. Oh, so like, yummy. Why would you just take it home and eat it? Looks all of the that's pasta dinner dishes for in the next show. four nights. Oh. Why would you throw it out? Four nights. Not in <laughs> they can afford it. It's okay. Sure. <laughs> True. True. I'm surprised you didn't throw the whole thing out. Like, <laughs> yeah. that I thought she was going to, yeah. <laughs> Pyrex. Uh, the other thing that's, I think, obviously worth talking about in this show is just the way that we talk about mental illness a lot, particularly depression in men, mm. which I think has become maybe male mental illness. The stigma around that and talking about that has changed a lot since this show came mm. out. Yeah. But um, it ref- would have been amazingly refreshing and it's still somewhat refreshing to see it just talked about so... Yeah. It's shown and discussed so explicitly. Like I did not in- expect that from a show that was in 1999. Yeah. Absolutely. To see what depression looks like to Tony when he's in bed, when he doesn't, mm. you know, he's not look taking care of himself, when he's, um, how that affects his relationship with Carmel, how that affects his relationship with his kids, how that affects his relationship with his cronies as a mob his boss. Cronies, I love that scene though when he tells them that he's been going to therapy. I love that stuff too. They're so cute. And I love the <laughs> discussion guys. that he has with the younger guy whose name I can't remember. Christopher. Christopher, thank you. In the, in the car, car saying, are you depressed? Are you like, depressed? What do you, yeah, what do you know about depression? Because he's yeah, dealing with yeah, exactly. a lot of this sort of stuff as well. His relationship with his partner and is then, affected. And then later on, Chris says that to somebody else. Yes. Oh, that's well, that's his suspicion that Tony's depressed is because he had that discussion with him. Yeah. But the, then you also ask somebody else if they're depressed. Possibly, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sure you're right. Um, and then the discussion, who uh, is it Paulie? Someone says they were seeing a therapist. They were seeing a therapist yeah. for a little while. I can't, I can't remember their names. I'm yeah. struggling with those still. I'm sure I'm going to get there, but after one season, I'm still trying to figure all those out. I was about to say, oh, yeah, it's the guy who talks like his mouth is full, but they all talk like they that. They do. So. <laughs> They've all got very big tongues. And so that we'll talk about that soon too. (laughs) Um, So that is refreshing as well to see them. And I actually quite like how there is a probably a hesitation, but once they all start talking about how they're feeling, they're actually quite open about it. And that's sort of refreshing to watch with each other. Yeah, they would talk with their. I love that stuff. And like, yeah, the guys like you know, like sure. I wish like I wish we could talk about this stuff, but it's too hard. So I guess we can't. Like he's like he understands that. It would be nice to talk to each other, but the stuff that they, you know, murdering people is a lot to talk about. Sure. Yeah. But also, it feels like the, the, the Tony's immediate family, his, his soldiers, right, mm. have, a much, have a much healthy relationship to each other oh, because absolutely. there is a certain amount of, like, openness there. Mm-hmm. And then you look at, like, Junior and what's going on with him and his cronies and the, uh, the idea that Tony's going to see a therapist is, like, a terrible affront to the family. And the idea that people are saying that he goes down on on women. Mm. That that was one of the most fascinating things to me. <laughs> Is that really was that really such a big deal? Was that really considered to be such a a taboo? Cuz that's involved a lot in 20 years, I think. Yeah, no, I think um particularly within that culture cuz sex is sh- is never about the female pleasure. Mm. So if you do that, you're a fucking faggot. Like, yeah. why Why is sex about the women? You just, you Which just I lo- fucking... I love they call out that that yeah. expression is used and how dumb that is. Yeah. yeah, It's like, oh, yeah, that makes you gay because you're going down on a woman? What yeah. the hell? Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. 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 So, like, you just... You're not having sex with women to give them pleasure. Yeah. It's about you. And so, doing that is just like, what the fuck is your problem? Yeah. You're not a real man if you're doing that. Fascinating. Mm. Really, uh, 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 complex, but... 
totally believable and familiar dynamics going on there. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. Just the silliness of all that yeah. stuff and how that is the fuel to getting someone killed, you know? Uh, it's, yeah, really fun stuff. Really enjoyed it. All right, so should we just talk about the character of Tony then? Sure, let's do that. Yeah. So, I mean, he's very recognisable, like that type of character now because that's every second show is about that, some sort of anti-hero mm-hmm. like Tony. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think about him? How did you relate to him? Um, uh, Funny, the thing about it is I relate to him more as just a man, as a businessman, as a family man, more than I relate to him as any sort of particular anti-hero. Mm-hmm. There's very little about him like... He's a man of the community, right? Mm. People come to him to help solve their problems. He's there. He is used as a resource. He has strong ties to the... He does things in bad ways. His logic seems broken yeah. at times. The way but he deals... hero, I mean, just like a damaged hero, really. Um, I don't know. What are, you, what are your thoughts you, on Tony then? I mean, I really enjoyed like coming to understand who he was as a person or getting closer to understanding who he was. Yeah. I found his insistence of like not being vulnerable slowly crumbling around sure. him yeah. um, or destroying his life. Like I found that endlessly fascinating and watching him try to deal with that by not dealing with it. Um, yeah, I was I was hooked into like who this Guy was, I felt bad for him because he doesn't have the tools that you need sure. to deal with what he's going through, mental illness, um, you know, people around him dying, that kind of thing, um, the huge amount of pressure. He just doesn't have the tools and he is taking steps to better himself, yeah. to yeah. kind of learn those tools. But still at every turn, he just keeps falling down because it's so against his nature or what he t- has been told his nature yeah. is. That, that's what makes the journey so interesting though yeah. because that is, yeah. that, is, that is the truth to healing though. And I've talked about this with patients a lot is that healing is very rarely a straight progression from bad mm. to good, right? It doesn't yeah. go like that. You're going to make two steps forward and take, take a step back, right? That is, the, that is how it works. Mm. That's the reality of... If you, I could put you in a, I was, again, I said this patient as well. I could put you in a vacuum in space and like get your float there and your body would get better on its own that way. Sure. But that's not how we live. That's You've why got they it. end the series that way. That's exactly <laughs> why he's an astronaut. <laughs> At the end of it, they're like, this is the only way we're going to fix you, Tony. Send you to space. <laughs> the, <laughs> but the, because the reality is that you, yeah, you make these steps, but then life is going to. Mm. You know, get in the way, whatever it might so be. To love <laughs> um, and so that I, I just think it's interesting the way you brought up as an antihero because I, mm. the antihero nature of it, is not like first, second, third. It's like way down the list. Yeah. The idea of him being a an antihero in the sense that he is outside the law and a criminal and a mm-hmm. bad guy. Yeah, informs way less of this than I thought. And there are lots of things that Tony mm-hmm. does that are, you know criminal and bad he kills a guy with you know in with his bare hands yeah. in like episode five right mm-hmm. but that is it's the like i said it's the it's the family dynamics it's the as a businessman a man of the community although as a all those things his relationship with his mum, with his wife with his kids with his uncle whatever it might be mm. all those things are way more inform the character and how i feel about the character than say breaking bad where yes, those things are there, but so much of the focus is on the the 
the next bad decision that's going to be made mm. by Walter White, right? Yeah. Like, how far can this go? At what point does he stop being an anti-hero and start being a villain? Yeah. That's not the feeling I get with Tony. If anything, no. it's going the opposite direction. Yeah, like, it's his, like oh, yeah, the rest no, of his life informs I'm, I'm him being a I'm not saying that the character arc is the same. No, 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 no. But, yeah. yeah the, I, the, the trope of the anti-hero, the, the, the damaged person that we are rooting for. Sure. Um, but isn't... Every every story about any hero has got to have someone who has flaws and is trying to overcome them, right? Mm. It fe- but there is like a, a darkness in Tony. Like he is a violent person. Mm-hmm. I mean, his many of his interactions with Dr. Melfi is coming to terms with or just straight up exploding with violence that is running through his life. Sure. Yeah. No, you're 100% right. I guess I find... I mean, listen, this doesn't This doesn't mean it's not an anti-hero story at all. I guess some of it seems so familiar or not out even outside. Like, that violence or that aggression that men have, mm. It again, because it always seems to be more rooted in his relationship with Dr. Melfi, with his family, whatever it might be, feels so much more grounded. Um, It, it just feels like a, almost a... Straight drama in some ways. I know the anti. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. It is an anti-hero story. I just didn't think about that way so much. It doesn't. Which it, and I think like that's why I really enjoy because the way it's that not this leaning is done. into that. Yeah, yeah. Like the darkness is there, but it's, absolutely. But he's a person. Yeah, I, he's totally a person, which is what makes it so interesting. Because I think so, often anti-hero stories there will be a real fetishization is in the right word, but the focus on the darkness, mm-hmm. on the drama. I think fetishize. Maybe fuck a tower say fetishization yeah. is absolutely the right word. It's for like it. you yeah. have these people who are born from the darkness, but you know, mm-hmm. maybe have there's a The Dexters. The Dexters or mm-hmm. the or the Walter Whites and even the Batmans and stuff. Batman is brutal, right? Mm-hmm. And so much about his methods are about being part of the darkness. I am the anti-hero <laughs> because I am the darkness. Mm-hmm. You know, and all those sorts of things. And it doesn't feel like that. It feels like Again, to me, it feels more like a just a slightly off kilter, mm. more um, dramatized version of a family community work drama. Yeah, in so I many mean ways. that's like the kind Which of is so good. Yeah, the antihero mm. that I really enjoy is like the guy who shouldn't be the hero but is. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's what I like. I don't need like a regular guy who's actually a total cunt and just happens to be the protagonist. Yeah, yeah That's yeah, not an interesting anti-hero to me. Tony, Tony's making decisions outside of what his job is, what his career is. They're good decisions in terms of, like, he's trying to be a good person mm. in that regard. So, like, Well, that's the, the, with you his start family, this with, with him his... going to therapy, right? It's a decision to better himself. And that first episode uh, where big he's, steps to be there at all. he doesn't want to ruin his friend's uh, in um, life because of his restaurant because yeah. someone's going to get whacked in the restaurant so he's trying Clipped. to find a better mm. way to <laughs> help him out and the crazy and logic crazy he, logic he goes through sure but to that's, get there again, but that's, that's what makes it that, so exactly. interesting as a character yeah. but I think in essence he he is a pretty good person I think so I think he yeah he has his own moral code that mm-hmm. is very yep. important to him he respects loyalty, Absolutely. he has his own honour code, all of those and things. And, and he genuinely make, feels love for those around him. He yeah. doesn't make rash decisions just based on emotion some, most of the time. Like stuff with with uh, Pussy and whether or mm. not he's he's the the rat. How he doesn't make a decision until he absolutely knows mm. that it's definitely 100% yeah. him. Um, it's also nice to see a character like this who's very like strong and is full of like a lot of these toxic 
masculinity ideas, yep. but really has very little ego about what he's doing. He's he's like he's a working man. He's 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 got a job that's, to do. That's yeah. so it's mean. not really about status. Like he you know, he lets Junior be the boss, even though he knows he should be the one making decisions, not because he thinks, you know, he's like the ultimate guy who can't be wrong, but simply because he knows he's good at what he does. Yeah. And he is that rational guy, whereas Junior is not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that going back to the fetishizing thing and the anti-hero as I normally think of them usually they are defined by the darkness right mm. and I don't think he is defined by the darkness mm. that is just a reality of the career yeah. quote unquote he is in yeah. it is a dirty job but mm. it's a job that he a family business that he has and he talks about like in the first episode you know this was exciting when people came in at the ground floor I feel like I've come in at the end, the end you yeah. know he is just born into this existing business this this machine that's working and that's so I don't think he's defined by that no because of the darkness of it he's defined by it because that's the family Mm -hmm. business yeah that's Um, like that's the tragedy of it that that is the tragedy you have this person who you know really naturally is like a loving and quite a a nice wonderful guy who could be selling patio furniture somewhere who exactly (laughs) god he wants to sell that patio (laughs) oh yes um but yeah who has been told enthusiast (laughs) yes he loves loves nature like we start off the season because that's that's who he is and then we see like you know his mother the people around him the business that he is in has told him that's not actually his nature he is like this big tough mob capo whatever and that's yeah we know that to not be true, and we are watching him struggle to kind of come to terms with that not being true. So that's what I'm fascinated about where the show goes from here, mm. right? Is mm. like he's come to these significant conclusions about the relationship with his mother, for instance. Mm. He is making headway with his own inner turmoil, inner demons. Is this a show where we're trying to see a good man escape from a bad situation, or is this going to turn the other way and he's going to, because, you know, things are changing, it. right? At the end of this season, Junior is, you know, in prison. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to step into the boss role. Then he's an obvious choice to do that. They have to take out a bunch of Junior's guys as well. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, violence involved there. What happens next? Does he? Is he going to step more towards the light? Or is he going to step more to the dark? Or is it this just this is just the path laid in front of him? Mm-hmm. He has to follow it. I'm totally interested to see where yeah. they want to go. Yeah, I, I think don't it's going to be an interesting like juxtaposition of like he. Job-wise, stepping into the dark, but like mentally <laughs> trying yeah, to like yeah. focus on the light That'd and that like pull between as as those as that gap gets wider and wider. And does that create a gap between him and the and his uh, the other people in the family in the mm. capital F family? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm the- sure. Like the more that he has to think about things and maybe what isn't the best way to handle a situation, decisions that he will come to because of his new age of enlightenment, um, I'm sure will create huge amounts of tension between those that, you know, like it done the traditional way. All uh, that totally, yeah. Will he become more of an influence on those people mm. so that sort of the that that mob world comes pulls more towards I hope this that. show does end with them being like the first ever non-violent uh, mafia. <laughs> And, nice. and in space, space, space travel. <laughs> on the space station that they built. <laughs> I didn't realize I had to explain that. <laughs> uh, I also just wanted to say I really like the sort of the presence of the FBI in this show. I was really excited when there was a pin board, right? When they're like taking photos mm. of them inside. Like love the, me a pin board. I love me a pin board. I was like, oh, the FBI are involved now. Yeah, this is I exciting. I love some red string. Love some red string. <laughs> and the 
when they're doing the subsequent raids, it's exciting when they have to like hide the stuff. And so watching the the machinations of that, how they handle that situation. But I also just love when they come to raid the house and they're like, they're really apologetic. Yeah. And like, <laughs> they break the bowl. It's like, I'm really sorry. How much did that bowl cost? I'll get you. And the like, Tony's yeah. just like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the the FBI aren't the bad guys here. They're not no. the good guys either. They're just the reality of this world. Like, it's sorry, just like Tony. the game. Like, it's part play. of the, the yeah. game. It's totally the game. Mm. Um, they all know each other as yeah. well. They're they like, do. Oh, sorry, Tony. We'll yeah. sort this out. Totally. Like, we'll be out of here soon. Uh, and even Carmelo's like, I kind of like that, uh, that FBI guy. He was all right. He's yeah, yeah, so just bad. doing his job. He's just doing his job. And they do, but there is a certain respect for that. There is like a, they're just, this is what they do. This is mm-hmm. what they're going to do. This is the game we play. Uh, I don't, yeah, I'm, the tone is so refreshing in that sense mm. and unique. And I'm really looking forward to, to next season. Um, I do want to say as well, I don't know her name. I should. Oh, no. Uh, it's the name of that last episode. Um, anyway, The Chef's Wife. Mm-hmm. No, it's, that's, that's no, the no, neighbor. No, that's the neighbor's wife. Anyway, it doesn't matter. She might be the most sane character in this whole show. <laughs> I love her because she's the one person who's like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm. Stop hanging out with mobsters, you idiot. <laughs> and she's right. She is right, yeah. <laughs> they certainly did burn down their business. They did. Um, but I don't know. They, it must be fun to hang out with mobsters. It, it, I mean, I love the bit where uh, Tony has gone to the restaurant with uh, his mistress. Mm. And then he comes back the next night we, or another night with Carmelo. He's like, yeah. oh, Mrs. Prano, we haven't seen you in so long. Yeah. It's like, literally, sorry, like the day before. It's like, good maitre d'. You, mm-hmm. you tip that man very, very well. Um, I also wanted to bring up the episode. I thought it was an interesting episode, especially after the way it starts with like het sort of referencing the pop culture crime movies, right? When Tony goes to play golf with his neighbour. Oh, I felt so sad for him. Do you know what it reminded me of? It reminded mm. me of that episode of Atlanta where they go to that party and there's that guy who's like an expert in like in African-American, like <laughs> oh, African yes. American African-American yes. culture. And just how fucking awkward that is. Yeah. And how these guys just like, you know this guy from the mob? It's like, did you really? Oh, man. And just the way Tony felt so minimized in that moment, mm. it was it fascinating. It felt so bad for him. Like, yeah, it's a such an interesting scene because he's like, yeah, this big bad mafia boss, and you know that these guys should be scared of him. Yeah, and they kind of are a little bit, but they still are just like so. Like, do you love the ending of the episode though, where he brings in the the, the package? package? Oh, it's, it's so, so good. This. It's amazing. It's like, yeah, no, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and just like, yeah, and then like. Um, Tony retelling the story to Dr. Melfi about the guy that they would make fun of. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was really sweet. One, that story, him telling that story is very funny. And two, it was just like really sad and seeing him like developing empathy. I mean, yeah. like, oh, mm. I never realized that I, yeah, made someone feel that way. And just also the, the position of the mob at this point, the mob are not taken that seriously. The mob yeah. have lost a lot of their yeah. power. They yeah, have their role in the community and so forth. But to these rich white guys who are playing golf every Thursday or whatever. Mm. That's that's not yeah. important. Um, even, like, Carmella, like, wanting to, like, start playing the stock market and stuff like that. Mm. Like, they're trying to legitimise. Like, mm-hmm. they're... I don't know. All of it's really fascinating. It's all complex and and I love it. I loved it a lot. Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note.
Do you have any side notes for us to ask? I do. Yes. How frustrating was it watching Tony Soprano play N64? Oh, yes. That, is, oh. Yeah, that was one of one mine. One-handed. Correct. One-handed. We, we, we did investigative journalists, journalists on this. Like, is there any way that there is a way to play this game with one hand? No. The Z tr- button on the 64 He was like maybe. pressing like start for like go or whatever and just like then just joysticking and then like just setting it so on that middle Fucking frustrating. <laughs> I did love that they chose it was Mario and Luigi, the two most Italian characters yeah. in that game to play it. Love how you can just restart a game on it by pressing restart on the whole set. <laughs> just, just starts again. Uh, but yeah, the sounds were it's right. Amazing how were. Mu- it's amazing how much that stuff annoys me to watch because it distracts <laughs> the fuck out of me. Yeah, because mm-hmm. clearly, like in the script, it says that Tony has to like cover his eyes and stuff. Which you can't do. You can do it with your elbow. Obviously, we've all done that to siblings yeah. to like distract them while you're playing because it's it's a two handed thing. But clearly, Chase had never played sixty four before. before. Well, the right option there is you pull out the plug of their tr- their Classic controller. Move. That's yeah, what yeah. you do. If he was a real gamer, he would know. Yeah, that. yeah. If he was a real gamer. <laughs> uh, that was. But I'm sure the little boy in that scene was like. That's, that's not how you play. And no one listened to him. Because <laughs> he was doing it. He was playing it. He was yeah. playing it correctly. Um, I just had one. He played Blast Corps later on as well. That's a great game. Anyway, uh, there was one other side note I had as well. Everything that people hold in this show is, is fucking empty. empty. <laughs> it annoys the shit out of me. Is it? No one coffee is full. Every coffee is an empty cup. Every box they lift that's got like, VCRs or DV players <laughs> is completely empty. None of that stuff has any weight to it. Just put some fucking bricks in it, guys. Why do you make them act like these things are heavy when they're obviously not? Shits me to tears. I do not understand. That's yeah, funny. watching people try and lift that TV into the into the coaches. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, thing like you guys are struggling right now, but anyway, no. Uh, least favorite and favorite episodes. Uh, Liam, what was your least favorite episode? Uh, hit is a hit. Which is which episode? The music producing episode. Mm. Sure, yeah. So that's the one that focuses on on Chris's Christopher and his girlfriend. Sure. Yeah. So why was that your least favorite episode? I don't know. I just it just didn't it just didn't fit the the rest of this show for me. Mm-hmm. It like, stood out as being different. Yeah, it was less focused out. on Tony. Exactly. It was it was a outlier in the episodes. I think the majority of the episodes are really good, and I just that episode I wasn't as invested in. You know. Does Christopher as a character interest you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like Christopher as a character, but again, that didn't really seem like his struggle either. That episode was more about... Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I wish I His partner. It. His partner. Um, Which was... It was an interesting concept and like... So her name is I especially the Adriana. Idea when she's like, you just want me to fail. You know, you're getting in the way of my own success and stuff mm-hmm. like that. When he stops talking and all those sorts of things, like he did call her out on some pretty fuck. She called him out on some pretty terrible behavior on his mm. part. Absolutely. Well. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I can see that. Damask, what's your least favorite episode? Uh, I'm, my least favorite is going to be episode eight, the legend of Tennessee Multisante. Um, it felt like this is the theme of the episode. Yeah, sure. Um, which like, I think it's, Obviously, an important subject to talk about when you're talking when you're making a mob show. Yep. Um, but it just felt very heavy-handed to me, which made me go, "This doesn't feel like what I had seen before," which was, you know, really well-crafted 
stuff, this felt like, oh, this is something we need to address. So, for whatever reason, everyone this week is going to be talking about that particular subject. So, it's when also- there's like two scenes around, like the Sopranos around the dinner table mm. and Dr. Melfi's family around the dinner yeah. table and they're like, these different perspectives and Italian identity and yeah. whatnot. Didn't that work felt a little for bit. Me. And also, I just like also, I don't care about Dr. Melfi's family at all. Sure, it's also a very Chris heavy episode as well because that's the episode where he's pissed off because he's not mentioned as one of the people. Oh, of the that's mob. true. Yeah, hmm. like he's and he's his he has friend his infant- does. Yeah. yeah. So what you're saying is you hate Chris? <laughs> I don't say I hate Chris, but I just think that um, yeah, I mean he's not Tony, right? Yeah. I'm watching, and he's Tony, not one of those Chris. great other like. Very Italian actors who were just like <laughs> well, straight from like a enough, cartoon. Funny enough, he was in Goodfellas. Was he? Apparently. Oh, there you go. According you to go. IMDb. Mm. Uh, my least favorite episode was episode nine, Boca. Boca. Uh, that's the one with the coach of the soccer ball team. Mm. And also the Cullenlingus. And the Cullenlingus stuff. Yeah, that which was, I found that fascinating, if nothing else, or just amusing at least that that was so, such a big deal for Junior. But the, I guess the stuff with the coach, uh, the the storyline about them being upset that he was moving away and how that was going to affect the girls, mm. like, I just felt that's really uninteresting. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I can't believe he's leaving. We'll have to bribe him, keep him around, or we'll have to threaten him that he can't leave. It's like, eh, this mm. is base stuff. I'm not. It reminded me too much of, like, Earlier on, when it felt like a job of the week sort of yep. situation, it's like, why we're we doing this again? Okay. That episode could have been earlier in the season. Yeah, and it's I don't mind the discussion. Like it was interesting. Like it became a believe women sort of discussion. You know, talking about this predator of young women and stuff like that. But the focus wasn't on the women. It was focused on the guys and how they reacted to it. And mm. some of that's interesting, but also it's just been handled so much better since. Yeah, it was a a victim of its time. I think, mm. um, but also and- like did pretty well for the time. Like, I was Better expecting than. it to be worse because generally when it's, it's yeah, it's from a, good- a different time and it's talking about that kind of thing, it's it's a bit rough to listen to. Sure. But I think I did a pretty good It, it could have been a lot yeah. worse, I agree. I think it's a good episode for Tony at the end, at least, when he makes a decision not to, mm. to well, hurt we're talking about his yeah. evolution yeah. Uh, as a character, then it was an interesting choice to mm-hmm. just report him to the... Uh, police and not... And then he comes home drunk. He's like, I didn't hurt somebody. Yeah. yeah. Laying there, yeah. Cool. What's your favourite episode, Liam? My favourite episode is Nobody Knows Anything. Episode Which, 11? Episode 11. Me too. Yeah, we <laughs> well, it's say. the best episode. Yeah. It is <laughs> a great episode. Uh, where we have the FBI raiding Butter Bing. Butter Bing. What a great name. Butter Bing. Club as well. Butter Bing. Um, <laughs> there's the ongoing tension of question of who the snitch is is really yeah. interesting. Mm. And the... And the tension when, like, he's told them to, like, you know... you Take him out. Take him out. If you see the wire, take him out. And then he's freaking out because he doesn't know yep. where he is. And then he comes back. He's like, did you do it? Did you do Oh, so good. And, like, leaves, we've still got lingering questions from yeah, that. Where is we mm-hmm. do not know where Pussy is still. Um, very, very interesting. Even, like, the idea of, like, trying to diagnose his back pain. Like, is it psychosomatic? Mm. Is this guilt that's mm. yeah. affecting him? Where's yeah, this now coming Tony's from? starting to think about things differently. Yep. It's like, oh, you know. Yeah, he's, he's becoming more complex as time goes by. And, yeah. and then so, the reveal that it was Jimmy... When Jimmy comes in and like goes into the basement and is asking these fucking ridiculously obvious questions, yeah. he's wired up. It's just like, and the relief from Tony, but also the horror. It's like, oh no, is my friend already dead? Mm. Like, yeah. did I pull the trigger or not? Uh, really, really great episode. And just you felt the stakes for Tony. Yeah. You felt the 
the weight on his soul about mm-hmm. this entire yeah. thing, and about like, trying to do the right yeah. thing and look at the great his scene in the sauna when he's like, take your clothes off. Yeah. yeah. Why aren't you taking your fucking clothes off? I was told was to stay so away. Good. He's good for back pain. Yeah. In the yeah. world. I've got high blood pressure. <laughs> That's so good. He specifically said, stay away from heat. <laughs> uh, it is. It's, it's all there. Uh, mm. I really, really love that episode. Predictions, hopes and concerns for season two and beyond. Uh, I mean, the big question is where'd Pussy go? What's the deal with Pussy? Where's mm. he? What but- fuel do they use to get to the space? <laughs> <laughs> um... Well, they work on that black matter generator oh, in exactly. season that's one. Obviously, that's right. going to... If you put a black matter generator in the f- opening mm. act, it's going to show up yeah. again in the third Tony, act. Yeah, Tony's... Yeah. His waste disposal management, <laughs> you know, it's going to come back. Tony's learning how to control spaceships with one hand. That's it's right. Like- yeah. That's what the joystick's all about. Absolutely. Bit by bit, the intricate way they lay out this plot is just masterful. Hence why I got five stars from me. Uh, <laughs> Liam and I both came to the same little prediction. Oh. Ah, yeah. This is just something that I think is true. Do you think there is evidence for it? I think... We're being vague here at the moment. Very vague. I don't know if there's evidence. It's just a feeling I've got. I've got got the same feeling as well. We think that Junior... Might actually be Tony's Tony's dad. dad. Because Junior and Liv have that weird relationship... They sort of campaigns for each other, which is nice. She was very defensive of the idea that she would do anything with Junior ever, mm-hmm. right? And we also... The it, flashback episode, Junior's the one playing catch with him. Yeah, yeah doing very that dad yeah. things with him. him. Yeah. So, the idea that he knows that Tony's his son but can't say anything about it because, obviously, that's meant to be a secret. The fact that Tony's dad... It's interesting how much of a non-character he is in mm. this show. Because yeah. he's dead, right? Yeah. But... Also, it's all mother issues, very little daddy issues going on here. And to have that sort of complex relationship with your actual dad in the form of Junior just feels like something, somewhere this show might go. Mm -hmm. Not saying it's going to happen, not saying it needs to happen. Mm. Got a weird feeling that maybe that's... uh... Yeah, whereas I always thought, um, because obviously Tony's dad was a bigger deal in the organisation than Junior was. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Tony's dad had this family was just another element that another thing that Junior could be jealous of and sure. that's why he was around all the time. The, um, that's why he is so close to Livia, that kind of thing. It's more of a jealousy thing than an, a fulfilled romantic or sexual thing. One <laughs> aspect that makes you think it's not true is the whole them you know, going to whack Tony and mm. them not talking about the fact that not having that conversation of he's actually my son, you know. Like if, if they're... Like, you'd think that kind of thing would come up when they're... They're too Italian to say that. They'd never talk about it. Well, I mean, Junior and and (laughs) Livia are having the conversation. Mm. I think you've you've probably got two... uh, That doesn't worry me so much. I get what you're saying. Livia, she's so far gone, she's wanting her son dead. Mm. And Junior is so invested in the the family and his position that I think that's going to override any of that anyway. But... I get what you're saying. It feels like they would talk about that if they both were in on that secret. Exactly. Um, they're the only two that would be. They're the only two people that could be. You know I don't know. I don't even think it's not that interesting dramatically. It just there's a, I've got a sense that that yeah. could be in there. And if it doesn't happen, we were just wrong. <laughs> Another prediction um, that I think might come up. I think the relationship with Chris and Tony is going to be a lot more strained. So I think Chris mm. is going to become a lot more... Um, 
antagonistic. Antagonistic. Oh, he's going to be a Tony. foil. Yeah, there's going to be a yeah. absolute. Yeah, there's yeah. going to be some good, rivalry. There, that's going to be the gonna fight be, there. Yeah, it's going to be. Yeah. So as Tony moves into a higher position, sort of like Junior's position, if Tony is sort of a foil to Junior, then Chris mm-hmm. will become a foil to Tony. He thinks he knows how things should be done. Exactly. He, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I don't think he'll ever finish that script. No. Yeah, that was a terrible script. <laughs> uh, just he's staying with the dialogue. He'll fill out the rest later. <laughs> well, that was very interesting. Anything else? No, I'm all good. Cool. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Hunting Seasons. You can find more of what we do via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Our logo and design work comes from Sean Kirkpatrick, aka at Shawnee Boy Draws. Our theme song from Jordan Calavis and our bumpers from Lucas Heil of Birthday Loyalty Club. Find links to their work in our show notes. Sorry, can you hear me yawning? Yeah, you can. <laughs> you can also find myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at bgordis, B-G-O-R-D-E-S, Damask. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at maskymoo, M-A-S-K-Y-M-W. Liam. Find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, at Liam Gordis, L-I-A-M-G-O-R-D-E-S. Nice. Uh, thank you very much for being on this episode, Liam. Welcome. Appreciate you coming on to talk about The Sopranos. We might have you on again for future seasons. We'll see how things go. Next episode, we'll be back to discuss The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina Part 2. That's good to know. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, thank you again for listening. We will see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.